From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, President Yoon Sung-yeol says Seoul's compensation plan for victims of Japan's wartime forced labor took into account respect for the victims as well as the shared interests and future of the two nations. Kim Yo-jong, the sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, says Pyongyang is ready to take overwhelming action against the military activities of South Korea and the U.S. And spending on private education soared to a record 26 trillion won last year, coming to 410,000 won a month per student. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. President Yoon Sung-yeol says Seoul's forced labor compensation plan announced the previous day is the outcome of respecting the positions of the victims while considering the shared interests and future development of South Korea and Japan. Presiding over a cabinet meeting on Tuesday, Yoon said past administrations had enacted special laws in 1974 and in 2007 to compensate the victims, an apparent implication that past payouts were also made through domestic funds. Repeating comments from his March 1st Independence Movement Day speech, the president referred to Japan as a past militaristic aggressor that has become a cooperative partner in security, the economy, science, and technology that shares universal values. Highlighting active trade and people-to-people exchanges, Yoon said trade with Japan is 6-7% to of the country's total volume, while Japanese people name South Korea as the number one country they want to visit amid eased COVID-19 rules. The president emphasized that the two sides' future-oriented cooperation will help protect liberty, peace, and prosperity around the world. Washington continued to welcome Seoul's compensation plan for Korean victims of Japan's wartime forced labor, with the State Department calling the relationship between the U.S. and its two key allies central to achieving a free and open Indo-Pacific region. Amid improving ties with Tokyo on the back of this development, President Yoon Sung-yeol is expected to hold summit meetings with the leaders of the U.S. and Japan. Beiju Young reports. The United States welcomes the historic announcement that bilateral discussions between the Republic of Korea and Japan... Washington has expressed hope that Seoul's compensation plan for Korean victims of Japan's wartime forced labor will lead to strengthened trilateral ties between South Korea, the U.S., and Japan. State Department spokesperson Ned Price on Monday welcomed Seoul's decision that freed Japanese corporations from compensating the victims. Uh, These issues of history are difficult, they're complex, they're complicated... Uh, But both President Yoon, Prime Minister Kishida, have demonstrated bold vision. Uh, They have demonstrated courageous leadership by taking this step forward. Earlier, U.S. President Joe Biden issued a statement praising the compensation announcement and the response by the Foreign Ministry of Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida for marking a groundbreaking new chapter of cooperation and partnership between two key U.S. allies. On the back of improved Seoul-Tokyo ties, South Korean President Yoon Seok-yeol is expected to focus on solidifying trilateral security cooperation. Why did National Security Advisor Kim suddenly visit to... National Security Advisor Kim Sung-han is currently in Washington to fine-tune the details of a summit between Yoon and Biden, as the South Korean leader is set to visit the U.S. in late April to mark the 70th anniversary of the bilateral alliance. Uh, they'll discuss a number of issues. They're going to discuss how our two countries can continue to work 
together collaboratively uh, to support our partners uh, in Ukraine, to ensure our country's uh, economic security and economic prosperity. While talks are also underway for a potential visit to Japan by Yoon this month, the first by a South Korean president in four years, political analysts are pointing to the possibility that Yoon, Biden and Kishida could get together on the sidelines of the Group of Seven Summit in Japan's Hiroshima in May. Pejun KBS World Radio News. The Korean victims of Japan's wartime forced labor have strongly protested Seoul's plan to compensate them through a government-led fund instead of seeking direct payment from responsible Japanese companies. At a press conference in the southwestern city of Gwangju on Monday, Yang Kumduk, one of the three surviving victims, said she will not take what she called a distribution of alms. The other two surviving victims also reportedly opposed the plan. Civic groups and the victims' legal representatives held a separate press conference in Seoul, accusing the government of incapacitating the Supreme Court's rulings in 2018 that ordered two Japanese firms, Nippon Steel and Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, to make the payments. The absence of a direct apology from Tokyo and any financial liability prompted those opposed to accuse the government of giving the Japanese firms involved in forced labor immunity from their judicial responsibility. The victims are expected to continue pursuing the court-ordered liquidation of the firm's assets in South Korea to cover the compensation payments in the face of defiance by the companies. The legal representatives said that of the 15 victims awarded compensation by the Supreme Court, only four bereaved families have consented to the government's plan. You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul, Korea. Kim Yo-jung, the powerful sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, said that North Korea is ready to take overwhelming action against the military activities of South Korea and the U.S. The younger Kim issued the warning in a statement carried by the North's state-run Korean Central News Agency on Tuesday, noting that Pyongyang is closely watching the military activities of South Korea and the U.S., ready to act swiftly and overwhelmingly at any time. Claiming that the regime's strategic weapons tests pose no risk to the safety of neighboring countries, Kim said a military response by the U.S. in the form of a missile interception in waters or airspace outside its jurisdiction will be considered a declaration of war against the North. Kim added that the ally should refrain from actions that further aggravate the situation. The warning comes amid the increasingly frequent deployments of U.S. strategic assets to the Korean Peninsula, most recently with an air drill over the Yellow Sea on Monday that included the participation of a long-range B-52H Stratofortress bomber. Private education posted record highs for both spending and participation last year in the wake of the full lifting of social distancing rules. According to data released by Statistics Korea on Tuesday, spending on private education stood at roughly 26 trillion won, or some 20 billion U.S. dollars in 2022, up nearly 11% on-year. The figure is the largest to be posted since 2007 when the statistics agency began to make related announcements, while the on-year growth is the second largest to be recorded since 2021. The agency estimated that the average expenditure on private education per student across elementary, middle, and high school came to 410000 per month last year, with the biggest surge in spending on elementary school students at over 13% compared to 2021. Meanwhile, the agency also found that more than 78% of students had taken part in private education last year, up 2.8 percentage points from a year before. 
The country's per capita income in dollars decreased by nearly 8% last year on the back of the one's depreciation against the U.S. currency. According to the Bank of Korea on Tuesday, the country's gross national income per capita came to 32,661 U.S. dollars in 2022, down 7.7% from a year earlier. The BOK attributed the fall in the dollar value of GNI per capita to a rise in the $1 exchange rate in 2022, which soared an annual average of 12.9%. The fall means that South Korea's GNI per capita came behind Taiwan's for the first time in 20 years, which was $33,565 last year. In terms of the local currency, however, the figure rose by 4.3% on-year to over 42.2 million won. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 0.73 points, or 0.03% on Tuesday, to close the day at 2,463.35. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.